letters they are yeah words are letters letters that are okay with no social distancing yes okay so i realized something that i was doing wrong there we go that sounds better all right that sounds way better oh yeah check i had the wrong thing turned on the room tip should still be fine but i (laughs) i had it on uh, for the wrong kind of mic, and that's why I was hearing my audio. Okay, so oh, you have you have to put yeah. on the fat bulbous mic setting. The fat, yes, the fat, uh, huge, uh, yes, exactly, whatever you just said, bulbous, fat bulbous, fat bulbous, bulbous of the fatness, yes, fat bulb. Thinny skinny, thinny skinny, <laughs> you don't want the you don't want the skinny skinny, uh, you want the fat one. No skinnies. No skinnies. Skinnies. No skinny. Fart. The fart. F- the fat mic. You have to get the mic that is fat. Get to the fat mic. Get to the fat mic. The fat mic. The one that's fat. If you have the one that isn't fat, then you're not doing it right. You're not. You a girly man with your girly little microphone. <laughs> Listen to him. <laughs> Listen to my microphone. It's how it sounds. I can't even hold it. It is the worst Barely. feeling in the world when you have a small, puny microphone in your hands. Uh, yeah. And you're wondering, why is this this small? <laughs> it barely fits inside my gigantic fingers. Uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was agreeing with you that my agreements were just, I was, that was me relating. That's the Austrian way of responding. Yeah. You got to put it close to your face. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got to keep it like, yeah, you got to keep it. Chew on it. You got to turn it. You got to put it on your face and then you got to go. So what I do um, to make sure, and this is something I learned in uh, comedy class. Oh, cool! Is uh, putting the microphone on your chin, so it's not on your, it's not touching your lips, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's smart because yeah. I was I was lipping a mic last night and you I were regretted it. Yeah, and I could have got the same effect if I yeah chinned it. You should have chin. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Always chin it. Chin that's it. That's really, that's the... Uh, <laughs> lesson one, buddy. Lesson number one. Chin it. Chin that mic. Lesson number two. Whisper deeply in its ear. Yeah. Into the mic. Whisper into the microphone. Whisper. Capture the audience. Capture the really low-level whispers. Really make sure that they hear it correctly. This is for the back row. This is for the back room. This is for the people listening who have just a weird fetish for... Yeah. Awkward sounding gross voices. Gross. Crew. This is this is the new the new uh podcast segment for obsessive comic disorder. Yeah. Gross quiet voices. Gross quiet. This gross. is for the people this sitting behind a pillar who can't see anything. And you, just yes. operating on audio alone. This is actually for the people hanging out in a library right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, shout out to 
to section 892.1, geography and historical facts. You do that way too quickly. I just want to see if anyone's going to look it up and realize that's not correct. Okay. <laughs> hey, if you're in the library, you know where you are. <laughs> you're in the back room. You pass through the beads to the back room in the library. And what's back there? What is back there? Architecture books. Oh. <laughs> Lines oh and curves. Architecture books is my safe word. Modern. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. You have such a multi-syllabic safe word. I wonder if you've ever gotten it out fully. Architectural books. <laughs> it really. Uh, it makes it makes things really awkward. Because uh -huh. uh, if they say architecture, that just means harder. Actually, for me. Oh. You gotta oh. say. You gotta say it all the way. You gotta say architecture books. Oh, books. Yeah, yeah, books, books, <laughs> books. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yep. Wow, that's you're you're living on the edge, man. Your safe word and your go harder word are like they're one, they're they're basically the same word. The same word, yeah. It's yeah, the it's, just, it's the inflection that you use it. Well, that and then there's the extension of using oh, books. Books, yeah. yeah you got to you got to use books. You got to you got to use that extra word. Books is really the safe word, if yeah. anything. Yeah. But without architecture, I forget. You know, I'm just like, well, what, what you, you want to read right now? We're having what? sex. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, I... I uh, Am I that boring? Yeah. Like, the oh, yeah. book is more interesting than, than me right now? Yeah. Do you need paragraphs and words and alliteration <laughs> to stay interested? <laughs> I mean, I do. What but... about me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... that's that's. Yeah. I mean, I do. <laughs> that's my that's my fetish is uh, grammar. I'm a grammar slut. Ooh, so, yeah. yeah. Just real good. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Esoteric. Oh. <laughs> I, I used to be a punctuation freak. Like, if there was an apostrophe in the wrong place, I'd be like, how? Oh, oh, that's incorrect. And now I'm like, I respect that people don't give a shit or don't know about it because yeah. why are we uh, ramming this one way of writing stuff down? I'm, I'm more open to mistakes. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, my neighbor has a granite piece that says the Snyders and it's R apostrophe S. Mm. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. But what are what are they trying to 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 own at that point? Right, I guess that piece of granite, <laughs> the Snyder's house. I mean, that might make sense. Yeah, but it's the Snyder's. I feel like it should be it should be no apostrophe or apostrophe after. But like I said, yeah. I'm I'm chill on well, it. Well, there shouldn't be any apostrophe right there because they're uh, they're multiples. Yes, because they're just saying the Snyder's. The Snyder's live here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if they if had, they're a, not saying it's the Snyder's house. Yeah. I, if they did S apostrophe N like you do with s'mores, but with mm. Snyder's, I I would be cool with that. I've I've okay. evolved. I've evolved. You've evolved. Put the put the punks wherever you want. Put put put. You know, I I haven't. I I've devolved. Actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've become a worse person. <laughs> I uh, I stopped hanging out with people quite as much as I should, and now things are just uh, they're all falling apart. Oh, and I've never felt better about myself. <laughs> oh, cool! You've got some distance from folks, and you're feeling better. I'm feeling. I mean, yeah. kind of. I mean, I think it's mostly that I'm. Uh, I'm just trying to. I mean, I, I we were talking about this earlier off of the mic, but I've been hitting mm -hmm. the gym recently. Yes, nice one. I've been doing uh, just a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, 
And you know what's a good thing is that right now uh, you are listening to Obsessive Comic Disorder yeah. uh, with me, your host, Gene DeWeber. And today I have my guest who you've been listening to who uh, you learned some uh, sexual fetishes from him about grammar, uh, Todd Basil. Architecture books. Architecture yeah. books. <laughs> <laughs> At any time, uh, yes. say architecture books and uh, press the pause button and in this, in this episode we'll pause. Yeah. And you, it doesn't work without the pause button, though. Right, no. And then another little <laughs> Easter egg is if, if you say architecture, the... Uh, it will the, go faster. It goes faster. It actually does the double speed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DS, double speed. How are you doing today, uh, Todd? I'm great, Gene. It's so great to be on Obsessive Comic Disorder. Yeah. I love this podcast. I love you. And Thank besides, you. I love you too, man. Oh, right on. Re- besides it being a really cool podcast... You have the best, you have the most soothing voice. Thank you. You're like, my stress and anxiety levels decrease immediately when I start an episode of your podcast. Your voice is incredible to listen wow. to. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait for my, my, uh, my later podcast, uh, Obsessor Sultry Disorder. Oh. Where it's just me saying sultry things into a microphone. Oh, that'd be like awesome. This, yeah. You know. Caramel. Oh God, not caramel though. I love caramel. I love saying that instead of caramel. You know, it just, oh yeah, caramel just doesn't sound right. You know, it just sounds boring. But caramel, yeah. caramel sounds too hipster. It sounds like the company that has umlauts in the name, but they never mm. use them in the pronunciation. Do you think it's like catsup? How there's a Portland uh, company that makes catsup, not ketchup? Yeah. So I there's there's a Portland company that does catsup, and they're going head to head against Portland ketchup. Which is incredible ketchup. It's good. So Portland ketchup is incredible, but it's really more le- more marinara sauce than it is ketchup. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it is very good with some ranch dressing. I will say that. Oh, you mix, mix it together. I, I always mix it. You Interesting. Know, it's good. It, 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 because it's got that extra thickness. You know, yeah. you got a nice you got a nice dip. You know. Yeah. You get a nice dip for those fries or tater tots or yes or what have you. Steak you know? fries, potato wedges, potato wedges. Yeah. For the rest of the episode, we're going to sound like we're from Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, hey, we have architecture books here, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're from the same place that the Beatles are from. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I live just down the street from one of them. You lived, uh, you really, you lived, yeah. did you grow up next to one of the Beatles? Yeah, I never got his name. Never got his name. It was one of them, though. His, was his name Stinker, and he was actually a Beatle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. Yeah, he I was actually it. the inspiration for the Beatle Bailey comic strip. <laughs> Beatle Bailey comic strip. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah I, uh, Serviceman. I like the Beetle Bailey comic strip. I used to my 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 parents had um my mom had bought some uh, at the local uh, what was this place? I'm back back to I just completely dropped the accent now. Uh, yeah, we were, was it the pub? A, it was uh, the pub. We bought she 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 went into the pub, got string extremely drunk, and then was like, I somehow got these books. Yeah. No, uh, my my mom doesn't drink. Uh, right. My mom doesn't read books. <laughs> But a heavy alcoholic, yeah. real, real problematic. You know, I read the label. <laughs> I read the labels. Does your, your mom sound like like a, a like a heavy smoker, New Yorker? No, uh, my um. aunt does, but my mom smoke free, <laughs> smoke free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she would date a few smoker or has was married to a smoker, and I oh, okay. I don't know how you could. 
I don't understand how you could do that. If you don't smoke and you date a smoker or mm. marry a smoker, it's you a know, big commitment. You know, it's interesting because uh, speaking about someone who marries a smoker that mm-hmm. doesn't smoke, this book actually involves that. Asterios Polyp. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, solid. Yeah. He smokes. He smokes. And, and his, uh, Hannah does not. Hannah does not. His wife, who he met through yes. teaching. Yeah. Yeah, through teaching at a... Uh, this is an interesting... Uh, I, I'm interested because you're a teacher yourself. Yeah. So, and this is this the, the little bit about the uh, the storyline here is it's about a a teacher who just turned fifty years old, mm-hmm. and his apartment burns down after a act of God, you could say, because they there's a lightning strike on yes. his apartment directly, mm-hmm. and hey, you can and it's interesting because you see his apartment is just covered to the on the ground is like all messy all over the place, which is. As you read the book, you realize that's actually almost out of character for him because he is very structural, structured and very like uh, almost mechanical oh. in certain ways. And what was out of character? The act of God? Or no, him him having kind of a messy apartment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So because uh, which we can get into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that happens and he's sort of there's. One thing that's very interesting is it's actually the book is narrated by the uh, unborn twin brother oh. of Asterius, which I forgot his name. It was it's another it's another Greek name. It's another Greek name. Um, it's going to be Vladimos until we remember it, yeah. <laughs> which is probably not a Greek name. But yeah, that's that's that was fascinating. It yeah. took me a few minutes to realize, like, wait, this is from the perspective of who? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and um. Ignacio. Ignacio. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which this uh is this book is done is written, drawn, and I'm guessing colored all together because it just has his one name, David mm-hmm. Mazzicelli, which um for those who are big comic book nerds, you might recognize that name. He was the he was the artist for Batman Year One. Oh, cool. He also worked with um Frank Miller on Daredevil, specifically Born Again, is a big one that he did. He did some other stuff. I see you put some annotations in, in your book. I did. I sharpied it up, and I really enjoyed that, too, like yeah. putting my nose directly in. If uh, I would, You mentioned Batman Year One. I haven't read that, but yeah. based on the film casting of Alfred in the mm. Batman world, I would yeah. say that Asterios Polyp has a bit of a resemblance to a version of Alfred. I would say so. I, I find this interesting because this is not actually standard fare for art for mm. this artist. Okay. Um, I think that there's a sort of an intentional. There's a lot. A lot of this feels um, like the kind of art you would learn in art school, or like <laughs> yeah. if you were to take art classes. Oh, totally. I feel you. On so, because there, there's a lot of times, one of the things I really like about this uh, book is that. When it's conveying, so they're they're between the two care between a couple of the characters because this 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 has th- sort of three or two different timelines going on here. There's mm-hmm. the current day, which is him, I uh, becoming homeless, taking a trip, going to a, whole, a new town, meeting these people, and and kind of sort of having a new adventure in his life, a new a new sort of chapter. And then there's him having these flashbacks about him at first, how just kind of like from 
basically from birth and what happened. There's a lot of a lot of flashbacks about like his love life at certain times in his mm-hmm. life and and sort of these things that really were like for him uh red flags or like you know just not like there's one point where he's having sex with this woman and she yells out uh that I'm not a crook was a like a good choice of words or something like that. Oh, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, that was uh, that was <laughs> declared by one of the people having sex, or was that in the background? That's when he's, from a, no, that's when he's having sex. It's declared by this woman. Uh, oh, so I so, thought that was a TV moment in the background, no. dating the moment when they had sex. Oh. No, 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 no. So he is, uh, yeah. So it's there's a point right here. It's uh, he is. It's 1973, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Literally, while his uh, his girlfriend is having sex, or this his his sexual partner is having sex with him, mm-hmm. why? And it, it almost seems like she's actually like in the midst of like orgasm because of sort of the way her fingers are moving. Yeah, it says, "I don't know. I think it took guts to to get up and say I'm not a crook." Oh, but yeah. it's like it's like you can see oh. based off of the. Um, so one of the things that's very interesting about this is that everybody's word bubbles are different and fonts mm-hmm. are even different for people. And yeah. it's all every there's so many different ways that he uses art. This is definitely a story that would be really hard to tell any other way because I almost don't think this could ever work as a film because it 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 really takes advantage of the comic book format in such an interesting way. Yeah, it does. Because you have sort of these subtle things. I mean, I, I really like the different. It's the the artwork is always done at a, a monochromatic uh, level. It's always one specific primary color. Sometimes mm-hmm. there might be a se- secondary color, um, but it's always within a certain color palette. And it's very. It's it's not. It's like it's like the equivalency of a sepia tone, but not sepia yeah. itself if you if it was a film you know each time it, it's either like purple and yellow yeah um or blue and i find it kind of interesting because there's one thing that is very consistent and that's that um have he uses uh heavy shading yeah. um line work where it's not where there's no official like actual uh exterior lines in the same in a traditional sense when he is showing emotion oh so if you notice uh especially like there's these moments with uh, hannah Mm -hmm. his uh his his ex-wife um during the flashbacks when she's very emotional they show her having this like her entire it's all shading it's all you know i can show you kind of right here yeah. And they also show because he is very because he's a teacher because he thinks very logically. Mm-hmm. What I think is very fascinating is the way they show him is when you're learning art, if you're trying to they show like they have these things where they do the joints and everything else. Yes. Where there's this, they you draw things in circles um or in sometimes in ovals and you have like sort of a 3D thing. Yeah. And the idea is you're trying to convey anatomy correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, it, I sometimes as an artist forget to do that sometimes and it actually <laughs> makes it so the arms look really funky or something else like that. Yeah. Or if you don't draw the line halfway through the sphere, that is the head, exactly. your eyes end up 
yeah, up on the top of your head. Exactly. Like, why does this look weird? Exactly. The eyes and, should set lower than you think. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So different things like that. So they show him in that way. And sort of the mm-hmm. idea is the show that he's become very um I don't want to say manufactured. He's very uh uh, I, 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 can you think? I'm trying to. Maybe I'm trying to think of the word here. He well, while you're thinking about that, I want to build okay. on what you're saying. Like, I love how it does seem like a. Some of the pages are a study in styles. Like, maybe mm-hmm. there's someone drawn as, uh, in a hatching pattern, and someone yes. is drawn as like spheres and tubes. Yes, and then another person is just mechanical. there's a lined. Oh, that's it. That's the mechanical. Word okay, very nice mechanical one. because he's very because everything he's saying is very. Um, it's it's so it's it's forgetting emotion. It's literally there's no emotion in what he's yeah. saying. It's all done in such a like matter of fact manner that it in and and it becomes such a problem between him and his wife because yeah. she is very emotionally. Um, centered and very you know yeah. she's she's very understanding of her emotions and she she is that way whereas he is very mechanical and he's very like he's learned the arts he's learned the study and he every time he always has like a very like um autistic approach to like everything there's always like if you if, if you were to like go to a painting your gallery mm-hmm. or something like that. He always has those, you know, it's very, it's very domestic, you know, it's very, you know. Yeah. So what were you saying yeah. though? Oh, um, well, I think I got the, I think we both have said the different, there's studies of how to draw on some of these pages. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh, there's a p- lined piece of paper. And just by doing little squiggles, they yeah. have shown the outline of a whole person. But um, you know how you mentioned the two storylines? Yes. I like that a lot. The flashback with the wife and also the current day where he's in a new town. There's a few pages in here where it's him lecturing or thinking, and it's always this linear versus plastic thing. And I was just thinking, I wonder if the two storylines, one is each. But what you did make me think of, I might be working Mm -hmm. too hard to link this, but linear plastic, he does things without emotion. So we could say that he's the plastic and other people that are on emotional journeys or yeah. moving forward are the linear folks. So interesting. Okay. That could be a, a manifestation of that linear plastic thing. That I could see mentioned. that. I mean, it, it, there is this parallel and there is sort of him. Um, I think it's fascinating because he, he's sort of like giving up a lot of stuff in his life. Yeah. Um, in, in the present day storyline, which I think is actually 2000, the year 2000, because that's, there's one point where they have a parade and it says, um, it literally says, uh, uh Y2K or not something else? No, it doesn't say Y2K. It says, uh, Memorial Day 2000, if I remember right. Oh, okay. Or, or something like that. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's either Memorial Day or, um, what is the the one that's for specifically for Veterans Day? It might have been Veterans oh, Day. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of some places to to kind of start here. I I find this journey though he is very it's very much of a man in crisis sort of looking back at his life and realizing the mistakes he's made. Yeah, and and realizing how and he's still even even in the present day he's still very much the same person but yeah. he's starting to like there's certain things that are just like it's this sort of character study and I, I really like this kind of stuff where it's sort of like 
es- uh, sort of not esoteric. That's the wrong word. Um, ah, God damn it. I like, there's a word I like to use a lot. It starts with an E. Um, hmm. uh, I did like this book because yeah. I got a lot of new vocab words. I got oh, way yeah? more vocab words that were new to me out of this graphic novel than I have a lot of books I've read, uh, which was pretty yeah. cool. Like Existential. Tr- oh, it's existential. Like, okay, existential cool. Existential is where I was looking So he had, It's like an existential journey. It's an existential journey because right? it's almost like he's dealing, because of what happens, because of him losing this... He, he's sort of going through a little bit of an existential crisis. Yes. Um, and so these flashbacks are to portray sort of where he's been. I mean, there's mm-hmm. it. This relationship is so interesting because you realize that he is sort of steamrolling her because she is not the kind of person that is always going to stand up for herself. Yeah. Hannah. And, he is because he's so matter of fact he just kind of like no he thinks he knows everything yeah and he takes advantage of that and i think a somewhat a person like hannah you really have to be with someone who's going to honor that yeah you won't stick up for yourself and mm-hmm. people give you that space and he doesn't really do that well he's he's like he's <laughs> a a, he's almost like not aware of it because there's a point there's yeah, a, it's unconscious there's a point where she is working for this guy named willie um I can't remember his last name. I forgot his last name, but you it's, can come up with a voice pretty easy. Like, I am important. I am so important. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, he. Um, <laughs> he. Yeah, he. It's. It's actually a really funny name because it's. 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 Uh. It's sort of a uh, has a double meaning to it because his name is. Okay, I'm finding it right now. Um. Oh. Oh, I see him, but I don't remember his name. Yeah, I see him. He looks kind of almost like Danny DeVito a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Danny name. DeVito was a character in Mike Tyson's Punch Out who just received an uppercut, that's what this character looks like. Is it does that make any sense? So Willie Ilium. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, Willie Ilium. Oh, Although and he constantly... But he did change his name in the past with every book. Willie Iridium, Willie Illuminato. Yeah, there's one point there's a really great word that he's called and it's sort of like I, th- I don't know if it's really him or if it's much as mm. like his his stereos is kind of like putting this upon him because he has a word that he that's a specific word and I'm trying to yeah the Willie Ilium I think is actually something that he calls himself later oh okay um but he is constantly this this is thing is that he's this guy is constantly like sexually harassing his wife. Yeah. Um, he's constantly making these sort of like, he's saying things like, you know, he mentions that she's too punctual and he wants, he wishes that she would show up late so he could like pinch her butt or something or slap her butt. Yeah. Um, there's that. And there is that, there is that point where, um, Asterios and her are having a fight Mm -hmm. and she just like, kind of drops the mic so to speak of saying like why do you never stand up for me yeah why do you let him treat me like that basically Mm -hmm. yeah which i thought was such a you know such an emotional moment um my favorite i want to talk about my favorite chapter in here it's mostly because what i really like about this book is it's told in vignettes Mm -hmm. it is uh like it will have a scene in his life and then it will end and there will be like a blank page and yes. we'll have a small little uh, square panel of sort of like something to 
uh, to to preface what the new chapter is oh, going to involve. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was I was wondering because I I read this once. Yes, and I was I was going to ask you the what are those? Are those periods ending a scene, or are those like punctual punctuation periods? Or are they prefacing what's they're upcoming? prefacing? They're okay. prefacing. So, for example, in this one right here, it shows his face on a pillow. Yeah, its head on a pillow, and then all of a sudden he is having a dream sequence right yeah. here where he's has two different heads and I believe one of them is him and the other one is his brother. There's a lot mm-hmm. of that where he keeps on having these dreams about his, his brother that there was uh, the died in utero basically was yeah consumed into the body for probably for yeah. Um and one one thing that's cool with that is I don't know how much worse well we the, can this is a so I will say it. I will say this is a book I would highly recommend reading but we will absolutely be talking about very important parts of this. So yeah. if you, at any point you decide, Hey, I don't want to hear a spoiler. Just pause it. This yeah. is a podcast. It's not like you're listening to this live. I don't release these live. Yeah. You can at any time, just pause it, read it for yourself. Please do. This is, this is one of my top three favorite graphics. That's novels. so rad. Not just yeah. five top three favorite graphics. This is, yeah, so. this is a great pick, but yeah, I, uh, so this is an architecture books moment if you want to pause. But the yeah, he felt observed by his deceased twin from the womb. Yes. And that and then that influences some of the decisions he makes in his life. And then he meets this kid later on who has quote unquote imaginary friends. I'm like, ooh, I like that. Yes. They both have these imaginary beings around them in some capacity. Yeah, there is a lot of uh, everything that happens here has some sort of purpose. There's some really one of the things that I really like that's foreshadowing actually is a moment, and I found my favorite chapter. I'll talk for a second in a second, but there's a moment where they're in a bar and he's talking. He's with the he's with uh, is it Biff? Is his name or the mechanic or Tiff or something something like that? And he's with the mechanic, uh-huh. and there's this guy who looks very tired. He looks very worn, and he is talking they're talking about how he watches meteors mm, like he yeah. looks up in the sky <laughs> um which is foreshadowing for yeah. something that happens much later yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but i thought that was this time because this is i read this for the second time before i did this actually um i had to get my oil changed in a tire replaced today so what i did was i brought the book with me and i read about 75 percent of it. i started reading it last night yeah I this was a book that I remember liking so much and I remember it's experience that if you can read it in one setting. Yeah. It sounds that sounds like a lot. Um it's it, it's 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 a if it's, it's a it does it does it did take me about an hour and a half altogether to read it. Mm-hmm. Um so it's not exactly the quickest experience, but it is an a engaging experience. So once you get into it, it's hard to put down. I agree, and it went a lot faster than I thought it would. And you told me it would. Yeah. You're like, it's yeah. it's kind of a quick read, and you're right. It's and it might not be so much a quick. Like I wouldn't, you know, I would have been upset if you would have started reading this a half hour before we started because you wouldn't have had enough time. Oh but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not that quick. It was it's not, not that quick. So one of the things. So my favorite chapter actually is there is a point where he it starts out and there is actually a um it's almost like a graph, but a singular page graph or uh, image graph where it shows an arrow pointing at a white spot on a foot, which is actually a blister. And he says, I have a blister on mm. my foot. Oh, this is a good chapter. Current, yeah. current day. And then all of a sudden it 
he says it again. I have a blister in my foot, but now it's him having a flashback with his wife. Yeah. And there's a, there's this, uh, it's this very uh, domestic moments where like, they're not, there's nothing super crazy happening in this chapter, Mm -hmm. but it's these very like, basic things that you have happen in relationships. So at one point she uses a Q-tip and the Q and and what, so, okay. So first of all, what's really cool is actually to make, to have it make the most sense, you actually have to almost go through the chapter three times Mm. because the top side is this is one ongoing storyline. The middle one is another one and the bottom (gasps) is another one. Oh, I didn't put that together, but there's a red, tint a blue tint in the middle and then a red tint at the bottom so So, there is a color separation but i didn't notice that so the first the top one is um her just by herself (laughs) and she is popping zits she's popping zits she's just kind of yeah doing all those things there's one point where she farts yeah she um feeds the cat you know takes a piss like there's very basic things Mm -hmm. um and then the middle one is this really entertaining scene between him and her where they are, or she is cleaning her ears with a Q-tip and it breaks inside of her ear yep. and she freaks out. I like how it says Z-swap so because Q-tip is actually uh, a copyright. Oh, um, yeah, Z-swap. Q-tip is actually a company. Um, but look, the Band-Aid logo is almost identical to Band-Aid. Oh, I know. One, they show a, a Swiss Army knife There's with the Swiss Army on it. But, but the Q-tip people, were, they yeah, did a lot of Q-tip, money. They, apparently, they're very upset. But uh, So, he, yeah, he, he has to like pull out the, the, the Q-tip out of his, her ear with a, uh, <laughs> with a pair of tweezers. Yeah. Um, and she basically, that one is, is punctuated with, uh, that's the last time I buy that pseudo uh, somebody brand or whatever. Oh, yeah. And Some, that's funny. So the other thing I think is very fascinating is there is a um, <laughs> the th- the very the last one though is actually about sex. Mm-hmm. So it is it ha- it involves things like she on uh, un- unzipping a pair of uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of different things because there's there's some areas where you know he's they're zipping up I think he's zipping up a shirt for her for them to get ready. There's one point where she's flossing. Yep. There's a point where she's actually taking off her shirt or she's taking a bath. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, it actually, I, I don't know if it's insinuated she's pregnant or that she had um, drinking because she's vomiting. She's literally vomiting, but they have, oh, yeah, yeah. It they have things where sickness, like yeah. morning sickness, it could be, but they have things like where they're having sex. There's uh there's literally a pair of underwear that has a little bit of period blood on it, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting. There's like, um, them drinking, sharing wine, you know, and it's, I think it's supposed to be sort of the third one is supposed to almost, and in, because in, there's also things with her cat. Yeah. So I think it's supposed to be to, uh, <laughs> I like this for, for, for snoring, it literally shows sign log. Oh yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but it's this concept where like, um, I think it's, the three different things are sort of oh wow that's crazy. There's even like one point where there's a there's a, a semen on her. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> what that, that is. Okay, I yeah, thought she was just is. having a sweaty night. <laughs> uh, she might be, but it also looks like that. I think that's the fact that it's right next to her uh, thigh. Yeah, 
Um, it's funny because if you were to, if obviously this is not the greatest for listening experience, um, we're describing these, but if you have the book, it's, it, if you have access to it, definitely look in, in this one, but it's, it's these, it's these little moments and it's, it's very fascinating because it's like zooming into certain things. They never really completely show everything that's going on, but you can definitely see what's happening, you know? Yeah. Um, and they're all, and it's just, it's these very like basic life moments, which I really enjoy. And then of course, at the end, he pops his blister. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and cool. Puts a, puts a bandage on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like that. The, he was, he's in the present day in his messy room where he's living with the mechanics family. And then yeah. that, that his same position does a full flashback. And I, I remember telling you, like, I like stories and movies where mm-hmm. there's some kind of uh, moment that's not linear or something. Either yeah. it's, a, it's your, the dream sequence, a fantasy sequence with a character. And I feel like this is Which, in that realm. This uh, the, la- the next chapter is mm-hmm. actually literally a dream fantasy sequence. Yeah, which was which, really interesting. It's really interesting, and it's really what it is, is to convey um, his mistakes it's all it's done in like um i want to say abstract art but like uh uh there's a certain word that's um it's impression i would say it's almost impressionist okay uh, and so there's all it's it's done in the form of like an almost like an opera but what you realize is the opera is slowly turning into his situation and like there's literally at one point you see willie um and uh like interacting with him and causing him causing him stress and then you see his wife you see hannah who Mm -hmm. uh you know he it's him trying it's literally done in the form of opera which i really love actually but it's like he's trying to you know escape with her and all of a sudden their hands disappear and then she disappears into the background and then they actually show the fire um so it's sort of it's sort of to represent his life and where it's gone and where it's come from and all the mistakes basically and it's it's all there's not a single bit of dialogue in it which I love yeah. and it's done there's a lot of cross hatching done in this too yeah it's awesome and the whole time up through the end he's still holding a architectural drawing scaling tool yes of some kind <laughs> so it's like I'm I'm not paying attention to any other any people in my life yes even if they're they look ill or are drowning. I attempted to hold on to Hannah for a while, but yeah, it's so. What would you say are some of your favorite moments in this? Because I've talked about a few of mine. Yeah, I love that, and I love that you talked about the dream sequence a little bit here because I wasn't. I flipped through it and wanted more time to reflect on it. I would have mm-hmm. appreciated it, but that could be weeks or months. Like I could see yes. a month from now, me being like, "Oh, that one." part like i want to marinate on it for a while but but yeah this was so cool how there was a fantasy sequence so i love math so to me like any mention of uh any specific architectural Mm -hmm. or math thing was fun so the fibonacci sequence shows up a couple times like oh yeah there's a scene where there's a football team and the numbers on the jerseys of the front row of the football team are part of the fibonacci sequence oh interesting that's that's during the uh it's during the parade. Oh, the, yeah. I'm like, when? Why would a football team show up? What is that? It's it's the parade. Yeah. 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 They're showing. They're go. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love I love how quick the parade is though cuz Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? He's yeah. out with um he's out with the wife of the who she's very flirtatious. She's a very she's a very buxom woman. They do a very good job of, of putting some sexual tension there, but yeah. it, and uh they don't they don't ever do anything, but it's really no. cool that they've developed a sexual tension. There's a moment though where she says like I forgive you if you fall in love with me. Everyone does. I love it. Such good confidence. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, it's funny because like, she's very knowing in certain ways, but she's also portrayed as almost a ditz in some ways. And there's times where she uses, she, she uses, she prefaces where uh, sentences by saying like, and she'll use oh. very basic language when she's talking. And even, um, even her, Bubbles are all clouds. All of our oh, word cool. bubbles are cloudy. So yeah. So it's very like she's she she's a very bubbly. She's a very like uh, her her personality is even not only is she a soft figure, mm-hmm. but her personality is very like pillowy. Yeah, and I would say in all of her delivery and depth of thought and everything, mm-hmm. which is really quite deep, I think she. Uh, it is the most effective person in the whole book to um, capture Asterios's attention. Yes, but also, uh, I think he gets the most out of interactions with her than anyone else in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it's it's it is this fascination. Like even like the 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 mechanic doesn't still doesn't like completely. Or he asks he asks the mechanic like how they got together, and she's mm-hmm. like he says. She told me that we've been around since the dawn of time. Basically, we've been really like just every every you know life they've lived. Essentially, I just think that's really funny. Yeah, because he's very much of a simple man. Um, very simple the mechanical mechanic man. He's very mechanic man. The mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna look up his name because I feel bad for not saying it, even though these aren't real people. But right. they're yeah. very well written people, though. They they're, are, and his um. There's a few things that. The the mechanic always mixes up common sayings. Like every other time he opens his oh, mouth, yeah. he's misrepeating, incorrectly saying some figure of speech. So, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. There's a lot of mix mixed metaphors and everything else that he uses. I'm trying to remember his name though. Let's see here. And it's funny because like he just like he gets off a train. He has this interaction with this drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, who isn't paint? Who just got out of prison? So one one of the things, if you that I find fascinating, right, is there is a point where he is talking to uh, the guy's wife, and I, I now I'm looking through the page to try to find names. Now I should have put some notes, to more notes. Ursula, Ursula. Oh yeah. So he's talking to Ursula, uh, which is a fan, which is a great name for her, by the way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a great name for a for for a Ruben esque woman. Um, <laughs> But he is, uh, he's talking to Ursula. Uh, crap, I just, oh, yeah. And she mentions that he, she, her husband thought he was a, uh, was just caught out of, uh, off, just got out of prison. Uh huh. And he had, his interaction was actually with a guy who had just got out of prison. Cause he had, he had, he, there was a guy who on his, on his lips had tattooed the word fuck you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was, Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and that guy actually comes back later in such a sort of tragic, but like such a 
fucked up way. And and relatable. Relatable, yeah, because he, yeah, because eventually he, he, they're, at a, they're at a bar to see their friends. Mm-hmm. And he just goes to, I think he just goes to the bar. Yeah, he just goes to go to the bar to get a drink. And this guy is like yelling at him and keeps on using a uh, slur <laughs> um, uh, for, for gay people. But, yeah, uh, which is, people, I've, I've had this thrown out at me. It's like, if you put on a dress shirt, there's going to be someone out there who sees you yeah. trying and they're just going to... They're going to think you're, yeah, you're, you're, like, oh, you're queer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's so fascinating because not because not only did does this guy crash a smash a bottle on his head, mm-hmm. but earlier in the story, Asterios gave this guy his father's lighter, and he's yeah. using his father's lighter to light a cigarette on it. Like while he's <laughs> he literally says, "Huh, oh, this f word looks familiar." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that, isn't that fun? I like yeah. the the. If I went back to the beginning, when his house catches fire, he grabs three things: a lighter, yeah. mm-hmm. a Swiss Army knife, and a watch. And, and he, he gives away at least the watch and the yeah, lighter. But it, it was fun. Yeah, he does. It's funny though to think that is one damn important lighter. If your house is catching fire, yeah. and you're like, but I have to save this thing that produces fire. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, it's, it's it's these are these are quick, easy memorial things that yeah. have impact in his life because that that, yeah. that that knife was the one the the Swiss Army knife was the one he used. Um, he actually used with his uh, when he was trying to get the thing out of his, his wife's ear. He pulled the tweezers out of it. Yes. Um, and when and when he got it, that was a moment too, right? Or am I adding something that didn't happen when he got the Swiss Army knife? Yeah, was that a moment, or, or did we first see it when he's pulling out? I that I'm actually trying to remember because I. There's there's a lot in here. Mm-hmm. There's this is definitely a multi-read book. It is and it there's some great another one of my favorite things is the questions it poses. I think my favorite was near the beginning and it's just give me 30 minutes while I flip through. It. <laughs> uh, oh, it's uh what if reality as perceived were simply an extension of the self? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that color the way each individual experiences the world? I mean, that page, and it's one of those pages where people are all sketched in different ways. Yes. I love just pondering on that is worth taking some time on. That's really beautiful. It is. This is definitely, I'm, I'm curious how long this took David Mazzuccelli to do, because he has oh been, he's God. worked in the, he's worked in the comic industry for a long time. I don't know if he still works in it or if he's still even mm-hmm. alive at this point, but he, yeah, he is such a talented guy. And in mm-hmm. this seems like such a fascinating fantastic way for him to to really display his talents as not just an artist but a writer and mm-hmm. almost like a philosopher you could say yes uh, and his drawing here's the here's the pinnacle of his drawing ability how much can you convey with one frame one square mm. there was a point where he's early in the book he's in the subway mm-hmm. passes a guitarist this is a side note yeah. i love how the guitarists songwriter lyrics include splitting me in two with a smile so euclidean like if you're going <laughs> to drop a mathematician in a song in a comic that's that's pretty sweet but there's a woman that's throwing up it seems like a lot of characters throw up at some point in this book mm-hmm. but there's a point where she's throwing up and he comes up to attempt to inquire are you okay and she's waving him away the mm-hmm. condition of the woman the act of the waving away and him being there to attempt to help is all conveyed in one square. And I, 
I don't know how anyone draws that efficiently. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, it's uh, so this, uh, for example, right here is a is a panel from Batman Year One in the style Ooh. that he normally draws. Yeah, quite different. A, quite different. It's it's more um, well, like for example, here. Although the one. cover of this looks like that guy's jeans, there's like blue and pink superimposed. Right, but here's some oh more. wow, like it's yeah. very detailed. Yes, um, I actually Batman Year One and this are probably my two favorite things he's done. He also did uh, the artwork for Born Again. Let mm. me see here. I'm gonna pull this up. I'm, so feel free to look at this yourself as you're listening to this listener. But I'm I'm showing these to Todd just an example of what his art is. Um, otherwise. Uh, and if you said he's been around a while, so he might have like a unnamed team kind of executing his ideas on some level in this book, do you think? Or? I don't think so. I think this is very much of a standalone. Well, he just does a effort. lot of meth and does it all. You're right. Okay. Well, because even it's, it's, this is published through Pantheon, which is a um, more independent. Cool. And I don't know. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a colorist for DC, and he was saying that there is always some editorial stuff and there's mm. always some sort of, um, so I'm sure that there was some editorial stuff. Um, yeah. So here's from daredevil. Oh, wow. Art. So it's, it's more detailed and it's more traditional. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, that's a really, that's a really, I like that panel right there. Yeah. Such bright colors on that one. That's, well, that's incredible. also the eighties. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So these comic books were like, let's use primary that, colors. They like, used a lot of primary okay. colors. Yeah. In the eighties, they, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I mean, you can, here's another panel I can show you. That's very Jeez, much. Oh, that's, yeah. It's wow, hyper that's detail. incredible. Yeah. He is, he was definitely, um, of, he's always been a very talented artist. Um, him and, uh, there's an artist that I'm trying to remember that I both, I love their work because they, uh, Klaus Johnson, Jensen mm. is another one from that era that I just think they were ahead of their time. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend people look at either one of their arts because they're so influential. Klaus Jensen is interesting because he was a, uh, <clears throat> he primarily, he didn't just, he did some stuff on his art as own, but he also worked primarily a lot of times as an inker. And it's mm. fascinating when you can see someone's inks over another person's artist and you're like, I recognize those inks. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that's an impressive level of comic book knowledge. Yeah. I, uh, well, you know, I, <laughs> I've always been into comic books since, um, I've always liked the idea of comics at a young age. I read a lot yeah. of like, when I was a kid, I read a lot of we had a bunch of old like Archie comics, some like Richie Rich, yeah. Beetle Bailey, actually. Okay, yeah. Oh, nice. One. Um, yeah. Garfield, stuff like that. And then in my teenage years, uh, you know, it was right around the time. So Spider-Man, the first Tobey Maguire movie came out in 2002 and I was 13 at the time. Yeah. And I became even more uh, interested in just like what is this history behind all this stuff? And so I started cool. looking into that because I, I always liked the Batman cartoons and all that stuff oh, yeah. in the nineties, but I really got into it and I found, I didn't have a comic book shop where I lived, but mm -hmm. I found a website where people would scan stuff in and I would, <laughs> so this is technically probably the same as like pirating movies and uh, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. But I would, my biggest thing is I would never, I would, I would read it and then I would delete it. 
uh, cause I felt bad and I didn't, you know, cause, and, and there are some of that stuff where I've read and then I've come back and I've actually bought now because I like, I, my, for me, yeah. it is very important to support artists. Yeah. It's extreme. I, I appreciate Agreed. that you bought the book because the, you were able, you know, you supported this artist, which is such a talented guy. Yeah. I'm, I was um, excited to buy it. Um, and I want to give a shout out to the comic book store that. It's a fun, it was like David Lynch experience meets a comic book store. You go into this warehouse hallway, you call a number, and it's like, I'll, oh. br- I'll bring it out. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, and then he's like, here. <laughs> you went to, oh, man, it's the one off of Burnside. Yeah. Yeah, it's right underneath by the art East studio. Burn. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was a pretty interesting experience. I've been there. I've gotten a few things from that guy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> when his place was open, you would... Uh, apparently it would just be boxes all over the place oh wow and yeah. he has like some stuff out there but a lot of it he just looks for it's yeah i remember that i want to give a shout out to that place because it's such a uh yeah i have my <laughs> peculiar place um i love the fact that that's where you went and got the book from yeah um this isn't it right what is that future the, dreams yes that's, that's the name of it okay, future cool. dreams that's the place yeah i called him and he's he's i have do you, do you have a serious pile Oh, I'm sorry. We don't have that. And then I, I was leaving the warehouse yeah. and I, I got a call back and he's like, we do have it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole experience was fun. That is one place. Cause I was, um, I, what I love, what I love about comic shops is, so the problem with comic books is that even now that's a little, it's become more popular, but they're still very limited really like a, hmm. a wide release of a graphic novel being published is like a few, like might be 50,000 or a hundred thousand copies of a graphic novel published. Yeah. Maybe, maybe more. It, I'm, I'm guessing with Marvel and stuff, but like things go out of print pretty, yeah. pretty frequently. And so I, uh, even, even as recent as like last week, I was able to find a, the second volume of a deluxe for a uh, writer named Scott Snyder. He did a, run on justice league that i've been wanting to read cool. and they release them in these nice oversized hardcovers yeah uh deluxe editions and his um the second volume was published in 2020 and of course we all know what happened there in 2020 the pandemic and everything else and yep. the quarantine well a lot of publish a lot of uh printing presses went um they were shut down or very limited with their uh, publications at the time. So there's a lot of stuff that came out in 2020 that went out of print very quickly. Oh yeah. And so it's fun. Interesting because the first volume came out in 2019. You can still find the first volume very easily and you can still find the, the, you can find the third volume, which just recently released. The second volume is very hard to find and there, and people on like eBay and stuff will sell it for higher extreme prices. Well, I was at Excalibur Comics, which I really highly recommend. I really like that place. Yeah, don't go there on Tuesday. I stopped by they're, there, they're, but they're closed. Yeah, they're closed on Tuesdays. I picked the but wrong every, day. But uh, pretty much every other day. Um, I don't know the, the her name. I can't remember her name, but the lady that works there, uh, very nice. Um, she she is very she she definitely has uh, a a personality. Cool. <laughs> That's why I'll say that. All right. Um, but she is very you know. So I could see her clashing with certain people, but. Mm when she knows that you care about comics and when she sees you a lot, she's you, I've, de- I've developed a rapport with her and stuff. Cool. And I, I really like it. Um, yeah. I'm, so. I'm jealous of you and every other male in the U S who seems to have had this period where they <laughs> dove into comics, not, yeah. not just males, but I hear 
more male friends talk about this. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what was I doing? I mean, I was definitely spending all night in my room doing homework, which I yeah. only later realized I must have enjoyed. <laughs> but where, what was I doing for years when everyone consumed every comic book there was? Like, that was never not, not everybody a did, huge though. part of my life. Yeah. Not everybody did. And for me, it was, for me, it was, I've always been kind of a loner. Um, hmm. It's fascinating because I've always felt a little bit of like an outcast. Not completely. I get along with people mm-hmm. and people seem to be inviting to me as a person. I don't have like a lot of clashes, but mm-hmm. I don't also get invited to everything all the time. I'm always like, I feel like people constantly are like, I don't know what Gene's life is actually like or his schedule. Yeah. And so people don't read out, reach out to me as much. I usually am the one to reach out. You do have this mysterious air. Like I think I've known you through several different manifestations of a location centric yeah. gene like you, your <laughs> details of your life have changed pretty drastically yeah probably like five times at least in the last four years i've known you I think. yeah yeah it's because I, I just kind of keep to myself a lot and i'll yeah. i'll reach out and i'll hang out with people but like i'm still yeah i mean and, and a lot of it is it's not as interesting as you think i just don't have live a very interesting life <laughs> but um the, at least to me to me. Oh, you f- are saying that about yourself. Myself. I, I don't think I live that interesting in life, but... Oh, I think you do. Okay. And uh, I, it's fun to be around you and hear what you're thinking about. But I, I think there's... You're speaking to this thing, which I find interesting, is um, if the spectrum is complete introvert, never left your basement, let's yeah. say that's person A, and person B is complete narcissist, you always know every one of their accomplishments or their version of their accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Where's that line in the middle where you go from... Don't get invited to stuff to get invited to stuff. You have to be loud and boisterous to some yeah. level, but also leave room for other people to tell you about themselves. Yeah. I bet there's like a little needlepoint notice where I, I feel like I jump between the two sometimes. Um, yeah, because I can be a heavy personality with certain people, but I am such an I am an introvert in the way where like I'm still very much of a one-on-one type of person. Oh yeah. So they might can someone who knows me really well might sometimes realize that I do have a pretty heavy personality. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a larger group, I'm not as like boist I'm not super boisterous in that this unless is, like I've been drinking or something like yeah, that. Yeah, this but, is completely relatable to me. Yeah. It's yeah. uh I, I have to know people for a long time before I start to open up and be more myself and vocal yeah. and social. But if I don't feel complete I if I don't feel some level of protection, like we're all we've all silently yeah. agreed that we will share the spotlight in this group convo, my go to move is to back off. I can see that. And I yeah. think that in the same way that you were talking about me, I feel like I've followed with you too. I've known you for uh-huh. a few years, but like up until recently, we we've done a couple times where we watched did a movie night and stuff yeah. like that. But like a, a lot of times, I really didn't know that much about you or who, aside from I knew that you did teaching, mm-hmm. um, and of course that you've done comedy and did comedy sports at one time and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. But overall, I was like, you know, Todd is, uh, you know, right now it's like I just don't know much about him. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. I remember, like, we see each other at Mike sometimes, and then outside of Schmitza, we had this half-hour conversation about movies. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we both like movies. And then it's like, oh, well, hold tight while this pandemic happens. Yeah. And let's meet up in two years and watch some films <laughs> together. And we finally did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I have. Uh, I, I love. I love finding uh, common ground with people, mm-hmm. and I, I also have a lot of different interests that not everybody knows about. And so, like, yeah, I like finding someone who had because I have a heavy interest in a lot of things, um, and I like finding those things with people. And I almost don't. I almost prefer to only share like one or two interests with people. Yeah, because if you have a bunch of stuff, and then it's just like it's hard to have that anchor for something. Because mm. it, it's it's fascinating because like. I think most relationships start on some sort of common ground or another. Yeah. And so it's funny because you'll have people who their entire, especially for men, especially as a guy, this seems to be a very common thing for us. Like you'll have a friend that literally, I'm not into sports, so I don't have those kind of relationships. Yeah. But there are people who have relationships just purely off the fact that they both like to watch soccer or football. Yeah. Or or baseball or whatever, and so like yeah, they might not know anything else about that person's life yeah, but they will have these heavy, deep, I don't know how deep a sports conversation will get, but these long conversations about sports without ever knowing anything else about the yeah. person. And I would argue it could be quite deep because yeah. let's say I have a limited knowledge of sports, but yeah, Kaepernick, person man A loves Kaepernick and. Uh, has this whole background associated yeah. with it. What kind of person do I think Kaepernick is? What do they stand for? Yeah. Do, I re- do I relate to them in a certain way? They have this whole backstory on this other character yeah. in their life, and then they make man B, yeah. who also <laughs> loves Kaepernick. So it's this uh, one step removed, like an unborn, <laughs> yeah. like in utero unborn twin that they both knew, and they're even though it might sound like a superficial surface level conversation of like, Oh, that injury, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. But they are both, there's so much emotion in that where well, it's that's like, a, that's an esoteric conversation. Cause they, uh, they both have a shared understanding that is such, there's so little information being conveyed, but mm-hmm. because of they have both have this, uh, this understanding about what the thing was, yeah. that there's more going on in the conversation than you're seeing because yeah. they both have this shared information. Yeah, totally. They're they're relating on a very large level, or they're they're doing a yeah. lot of emoting back and forth, even though it's <laughs> yeah, what a game, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I use the word esoteric, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's it's literally what that it's like an inside joke, you know. It's like a it's yeah. like a. Anytime I try to explain that, because that's a word that I just, I love it because not a lot of people use it mm-hmm. or, or understand the meaning of it. And when yeah. people do, it's, it's an, it's a word that's so, it's an esoteric word to know. Um, because esoteric is just having a shared information, shared common knowledge about something that not a lot of people have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, if a film, so some people will say a film is very esoteric because there's a lot of there's a lot of information not spoken mm, that's yeah, just yeah. understood. Like Kubrick is very esoteric because like a lot of the, there's a lot of like bat, like he'll he had in The Shining right he would he he put he had a whole like underground message behind the scenes about how Native Americans have been treated and he has like all these cans lined up with like mm. certain information and he has all, there's all this other deeper meaning Wow. that unless you have that knowledge, you're not going to understand. Yeah. But if you do, all of a sudden it opens up this whole another ca- cavern of information essentially. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like with, 
with men, and I don't know if this sounds outdated. If you don't smoke and you don't aren't really into sports, yeah, you have to work harder at finding a connection with other yeah. men to uh to have a relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, smoking yeah. is the golden. Uh, it's the uh, catalyst, the divine yeah. catalyst. Like, I do like light. a good cigar. Oh, you do like a good cigar? I'm not yeah, into yeah. cigars, but yeah. I feel like any, the gotta light line, Yeah, the faucet is turned on full blast for two men to, to get to know each other. Like, gotta light, yeah. Oh, so I've been having these problems. Yeah. Well, that sounds like something I've been going through. And yeah. there's a, yeah. it's this instant there's, spark of You have to have this, you have to find this common ground. Yeah. And I think it's fa- fascinating because this... Um, Relating back to the book, sort of how he meet how Asterios meets Hannah mm-hmm. is he is. I love how even early on you can see that she is seeing him on this very mechanical side, but she finds it fascinating because it's so because she's such an emotional being. Yeah, because there is literally like he is at a party and he mm-hmm. and 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 he's like thinking about the fact that he has all this information. He's great at party talk because he, can, <laughs> oh. he, he even said, I love it. He says something about how men are only quiet in sex because for a long time they've had to be, they've had to be silent while masturbating. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, I don't like, I felt it was funny how he teased himself. It's like, I am knowledgeable on a variety of subjects, but it yes. all dealt with sex. It did. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. And his, his interaction with her is uh, he's, I forgot. I'm trying to remember because I love this the the way he meets her. Basically, how they how they come about. Um, yeah, basically, it's he's takes the time to notice her, and he's like, "What are you all about?" And yeah. she appreciates that. Yeah, I think right. Absolutely. Here it is. I found it. Uh, so yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, he talks about like uh, he asks her about his name, her name, mm-hmm. um, because someone else says her name to him, and she. Basically, uh, he corrects. She corrects him because he says Hannah with a with two N's and an H, and she's it's actually Hana. I think. Oh, okay, I think it's actually yeah. Hana, not Hannah. Okay, um, which in Japanese means flower, and he does this whole. Um, he makes a uh, observation about how it's such a basic name because she could be Irish, she could be. Uh, <laughs> Tiger Lily. Uh, yeah. What's it? But the one that I love is that Flocks was an option. Flocks, which he, he I've calls never her heard Daisy of that. though. He does his, call his her Daisy. His nickname to her is Daisy. Or Cory Coryopsis. There's a few flowers that I've never heard anyone named, but mm-hmm. maybe those are also. You know what's actually really fascinating though, right? Is that while she's talking, she's they show a spotlight and she's actually standing just a little bit away from it. Oh, for her whole life, she's been... She's right outside of the spotlight. Her mother would squash any accomplishment she had by talking about how cool her brothers were, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically, she's always been out of the spotlight. And it's fascinating because, like, they show this... um, What she liked about him was he put her in the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and it's fascinating because if you look, there's at the end of their interaction, at first she's like, she's looking at, um, she's, she's very emotional and she's seen the entire party in different ways. She's seen people as emotional. She's seen people as all just words. There's, there's, there's all these different forms of, of art Mm -hmm. and, um, 
like one person is literally just letters <laughs> um and she sees <laughs> him and it's funny because he's all he's very mechanical but he's also like doing loops around he's literally got an extra like his one of his arms has extra bits to it um it's funny he says hey look at me some attention over here i'm talking about penises <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't she doesn't can't really relate to it, but the fact is that she likes that he took his spotlight and, and, and stretched it out and they actually show at the end that they're both showing an emotional connection because mm. they have they have a connection between the <laughs> they're both have the mechanical side to them, but they also show it's like they've combined the two things. Yeah. Which I really I really like these these the way that it's conveyed. I also like the fact that um Okay, I gotta find this guy's name because I'm still forgetting it. The mechanic, the, the mechanic, yeah. Because uh, he taught. I gotta find an interaction between him and uh, Asterios and the and the and uh, the and uh, Ursula because she mentions his name at one point. And while you're finding that, there's only one other moment I remember where he is. If you think of the red hatch shading as emotion versus logic, mm-hmm. the only other time you see him enveloped in that. Emotion is when there's a student that he's saying, "I please don't sexually advance to me. That's not going to happen." And then, yeah, he oh yeah, a f- switch flips, and he's like, "No, I'm into this." And then they have a relation. Yeah, like it. He's like, "This was a mistake, though." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What is this dude's name? Oh man, I love that the there that 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 dream where she has where he's literally smothering her with a pillow, though. And oh, then he's God. like, I don't like it's all emotion. It's literally full of emotion. And she's he she's he says it to her, and she's like, he's like, that was weird. <laughs> That's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> and they have the whole. I love how his mom. Oh, spit, is stiff. talking in cursive. Spiff. Oh, it. stiff, right? Stiff or spiff? Stiff. Stiff. What, yeah. Who whose mom's talking in cursive? His uh, Asterios. Oh. When she's talking about this sort of the really rough life she's had because her his his dad had a stroke fairly young it seems like and she's mm. been like taking care of him she took care of him for years basically yeah. um and she kept on talk, she talks about how she was praying to god for him to die oh yeah um partially because of how um the pain she didn't want to deal with the pain and she didn't want her husband dealing with the pain essentially yeah. of yeah. this this life of dementia and <laughs> oh man this, this is such yeah. a it's so interesting because it's it's a book that's a very quick read mm-hmm. uh, it's fairly thick but it's also very just it's very, very robust it's very thick in just content and yeah and it really does a really great job of 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 displaying the human experience a lot of ways oh i like how you said that it does do a great job of yeah showing the human experience yeah the, another book yeah. I would highly recommend to people, um, and eventually I will do an episode on this. So this, I think this is going to be a part of a trilogy of episodes because the first one was with Blankets with uh, Tristan Spielman, uh-huh. uh, which is another book I would highly recommend for people trying to get a very similar experience to yes. this. Um, and then the third one, which I eventually will do, so I'm already naming this the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the slice of life trilogy, I guess you could say, of nice episodes, um, will be when I do an episode on Day Tripper by uh, Gabriel Bai and Fabio Moon, which mm. are brothers that do. They're both artists, but they both also write. And oh, cool! 
um that one i don't really want to spoil it but it's 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 something tragic happens mm. every point in this person's life um and sort of they're almost like what if scenarios because it shows this person's life through essentially through death and everything mm. and it's it's so it's so well done and and it does very much of this very like I would almost say like uh, existential trilogy might be the better word. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I'm down for some existential <laughs> thought. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, f- those are some book recommendations here. Are there? Um, so we're getting pretty. We're we're already about an hour and twenty minutes. So I want to uh, kind of shift into some more questions. But before we do, is okay. there anything else you want to point out? Because I oh, see you have some notes. And yeah, stuff. yeah. There's one more thing. Is uh, you mentioned how the book really tackles a lot. And I would also say it gets into it so quickly, like it really did suck me in right away, but, and it had a hurdle to overcome. So mm-hmm. there's a shot here, or uh, there's a frame here where it shows all these overdraft notice, past due bills. Yeah. And I went to film school, made a lot of shitty films, saw even more <laughs> shitty films. And the whole show a character stress through yeah. a shot of overdue bills is so played out. Yeah. But and I'm like, if I if I turn the page and there's the alarm clock noise going off, yeah. 95% of student films start with eh, eh, that yeah. alarm clock. I'm like, think of a different way to start your freaking movie. <laughs> but so the stack of overdue bills is there. But but despite that, despite me not wanting to see that ever again, uh, it sucks you in right away. Yeah. It was very impressive. And then the end mm-hmm. got an audible uh, reaction from me. Like yeah. the a few things come together and then there's like, you know, um, uh, a surprise. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there anything, any other, uh, anything else you wanted to point out before we uh, move on? Uh, nothing is pressing. I just, uh, I love all the words like um, fenestration, trenchant, credulous, Decrepitude, hmm. detritus, her suit. I've never heard any of these words, and they're all yeah. in here, and I can't wait to figure out what they mean. That's awesome. That's, <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> Vocab time. <laughs> it's it's fascinating. We're definitely different kinds of readers, because like, I would, for me, putting annotations in a book, it's like, a comic is like unheard of. Right? I wondered if this was going to create a conversation or not. Like You it sharpied definitely. up your... Yeah, because I, I look at that, and I'm like, part of me is like, oh, but that's the same time, I'm like, okay, well, he actually really found some interesting things to to highlight in here yeah like uh i'm there's one thing i circled even the dust on this counter contains minute fragments of debris left over from the formation of the solar system yep that's freaking beautiful that's great but yeah i i realized a long time ago that i have to have my own copy of a book libraries are great you can rent a book that's fun yeah but i need to write in my book if something I read spurs me to think about something else, I'm writing it in the margin. I want to highlight. I want to write. So I was doing that on this too. So yeah. I I I always like to ask because I look at this as it's a sort of semi bit of a book review here. Yeah. Um. So and I always give a different example based off of the actual book itself. Okay. So I would say on a scale of one to ten vignettes. What would you give this this book? One to ten vignettes. Yeah, because this book is is very much oh, done gotcha. in form. Every chapter is another vignette of life. It's yeah. always because it's not told in a. It's not told in a. Um, first of all, it's not linear. It's mm-hmm. it's all over the place. Each part a vignette. Do you know what a vignette is? Uh, I my definition of it would be just a 
very rudimentary uh, snapshot of a moment. I don't know. What do you? What, yeah. What is so the these little these I, I can look up the exact definition. Yeah. Um, but it's essentially these little snapshots of life put in. So like if you were to see, so like a a series of short films, for example, you could almost look at it as a vignettes. But um, okay. I always got to look at the actual because vignettes is spelled like Veganet. <laughs> Veganese. Veganese. Fake mayo. <laughs> um, a brief uh, evocation, description, account, or episode. A small illustration or portrait photograph which fades into the background without a definite order. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. I would look at this. I would, in my outlook of it, um, would be the fact that it is these little small slices that overall tell a bigger story. Yeah. But they're not, it's never like none of what I would consider the chapters in this are long. They're always short. They're always quick, brief moments. They're Mm -hmm. all important in their own way, but none of them are like, you're not reading for 20 pages at a time. You're reading maybe five yeah. pages at a time. There's nice breaks built in. Like, there's a, there's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they always start, they all, and, it, and it does fade away. It, there's really, always, there is a fade in out, an yeah. aperture opening and closing. Yeah. There, so, that happens a lot. Yeah. So this literally is a vignette. Yeah. So, because there's always a blank page. Yeah. And then, the, and then next is prefaced with something that is important mm-hmm. to this coming chapter. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I would give, I would give eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Okay. It uh, pros. It sucked me in. It covered a lot of cool stuff: existentialism, mm. architecture. There was some math fun in there. <laughs> Relationships, people that, um, you know, it spoke to how some people will have a good relationship with another type of person who who brings out like, all yeah. right, she's named Hannah. It's a uh, flower. And he helped. He's helped her bloom. Yeah. You know, not that she needed him or anything, but that relationship saw some blooming. So that yeah. was fun to talk about that. And then, but I think it's eight rather than ten because I think there could have been some more really fun, harder payoffs. Okay. I'm a film guy. I, I hope this doesn't offend you, but no, it's okay. Pixar is the master, at, the master of plant and payoff in a film. Okay. And it I think it would have been cool if there were harder payoffs from plants with some of the characters. And I don't know what that means and how that could have been done, but Okay. That's why I'm knocking it from 10 to 8. That's fine. 8 to 10. I I would give it a 10 cuz I would almost dis- I, w- I I would disagree that I don't think there needs to be heavy payoffs with the characters. Yeah. I think that within the storyline because this is the life this is told through, even though it's through his brother's perspective, his brother is essentially just a plot device. Mm-hmm. It's really through his perspective. Yeah. And so, because he is a carer, he is a person who does look out for certain details, mm-hmm. but he also avoid, ignores a lot of things. So, yeah. so in a person's life, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're not, through, you're, you are seeing these little moments between other characters. Yeah. But in a person's life, for example... If we were to talk, right, and have a conversation, and you said, hey, I'm going on a trip. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I 
am going camping or something else like that. I'm mm. not going to see that happen. Right. Now, and God forbid, but this can happen. That could very well, even if you continue to live your life, could very well be our last interaction of people. Right. So, like, for you know, maybe while you're on that trip, I move to a different state mm-hmm. and we lose contact or whatever. People, yeah. People's lives come in interaction, leave interaction all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's just how life goes, you know. There's only, within a person's life, there really are only so many people that actually stick in their lives. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, it's based off of geography. Yeah, totally, yeah. So I would agree. I would disagree, and I would say that the payoffs that need to happen, mm-hmm. such as even like the guy who keeps on talking about his band's going to play, eventually does play. Yeah, there's all these little things that happen, and even you have the foreshadowing of the ending, which I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm just gonna spoil. <gasps> yeah. So at the end, <laughs> after going through all of this process, mm-hmm. after even like. One of the most fascinating things, there's this car earlier on in the book Uh that is a, it's an old, um, it's like an Oldsmobile or something like that. It's a, it's definitely a huge boat. Yeah. Um, and it has these panels on it and they talk about how they installed them because at one time there was a problem with their electricity where it went out and the guy said that it's great as long as it doesn't rain, you know, it was great. You know, he got some power, a little bit of power out of it as long as it doesn't rain Yeah. towards the end they sort of modify it, get it back into working condition, and then it gets stuck in a snowstorm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so the car stops working. Yeah. And he realized though that he gets out of the car and he is very close to the to the house where his where Hannah lives. Mm-hmm. And they have this very great, very magical moment. Not magical, but very like very sweet moment together. They're yeah. like holding hands. They're both vulnerable. They're both their lives have moved on. You don't really see what's happened in her life, but you can kind of see the growth she's had. Yeah. I think even, even, even the, um, this might sound weird, but like the fact that she has a shorter haircut, hmm. um, that is with people. When you think of women, uh, it's a weird thing, but when women sh- cut their hair shorter, that's a sign of independence because of the fact that there is this sort of beauty standard more often within, oh, within yeah. sort of like a, uh, What's the word I'm trying to think here? Uh, patriarchal society of women having longer hair uh-huh. because it establishes like youth and beauty and everything else like that. So a lot of times right. women will trim their hair up, and it happens because if you've ever, if you've had enough women in your life, you will notice that sometimes not every woman has this, but a lot of women in right around their 40s, yeah, will cut their hair really <laughs> short, yeah, and it's because they have this whole new look on their life. I think the person who who sort of owned this look for, is Jamie Lee, Cur- Lee Curtis. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But a lot of women will do this, and it's sort of there. It's it's like taking their life into their own hands and not subscribing to a sense of like what everybody else thinks they should do. Yeah. And so I think she had she doesn't have like a it's not a boy cut it's not a pixie cut but she does have like it, it is above her shoulders now. Yeah. Or before when she was more like this softer person where she was very passive. Mm-hmm. It was very long, 
you know, the the word even the clothes that she was wearing throughout the book, yeah, were very. Uh, there was there was a certain level of innocence to her. Okay, and there's yeah. sort of like the conveyance of how she looks when she is in in this in this cabin. That's or, a cool observation. Yeah, she's wearing so she's wearing uh she's wearing a, a longer dress. Um, she's got a turtleneck sweater on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a part of it is because it's winter, but there's this sort of a sense of she has uh, grown as a person. Um, actually, she's not wearing a dress; she's wearing uh, plaid pants. Okay. Um, just in the picture I was looking at, it looked like a dress, but but there's a sense of how she is conveyed of of mm-hmm. a sense of growth in just even just the attire that she has on, which is probably something you may not have paid attention to but i didn't know but i really like that yeah it's and, so these yeah. senses so they hold hands and they realize that you know they say this is nice and all of a sudden he's like what's that noise and you see a giant meteor about to hit yeah. them <laughs> i do love that it is a still uh, moment i love uh, how it's also punctuated by the boy is oh, seeing yeah. it far off um and it's <laughs> so where they're at, it's not a problem, but where <laughs> where he is, yeah, I wrote, yeah, I just started laughing just when, I, <laughs> when I saw that. It's it's so yeah, and it punctuates, and it was prefaced earlier on because he mm-hmm. said because they talk about the meteors, yeah, it's that kind of concept. We recently watched. Um, uh, I'm going to spoil a little bit about a movie, but we recently watched that film, I uh, murderer. Not Alley. What oh, was the... A nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. Yeah. And there's a point where they talk about a a thing. I'm not going to say what it is because maybe I don't want to spoil it. But they, they have mm. a conversation very aligned about a certain thing. And it's yes. sort of prefacing that this character is going to go into this metamorphosis. Yeah. And that's an important thing. And so that sort of this little moment when they're talking about the meteors and talking to that guy mm-hmm. is actually very important to this ending here. Yeah, it is, yeah. And so for me, that's the biggest payoff you could do, honestly. You're right. Although they could have brought that guy back. Like, it could have been a Sirius and Hannah experiencing the meter, little kid experiencing the meter, and then maybe a shot of the yeah, guy outside it, the bar like, but yeah, I think that baby, would, here I, it is. I think that, that would, that's the thing. That would, that would be too much. That oh, would, would it? Be, yeah. That would be too bombastic. It, there would just be there. There would be this whole thing of like, that's not the story. It, that's a it's his story. It's not yeah, the story. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Precisely. But so it is for me, funny how I'm finding that there is subjectivity on what would be too much. Because just like with Nightmare Alley, yeah. I remember discussing the end with you and my wife, and we all had different ideas of what would have been too much in that last yeah. scene. And I, I wanted one thing turned up more, and and I think you <laughs> and her were like. Todd, no. if you turn that up, that would have yeah, you were, really you were like, punctured the whole moment. That would have, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so it's these things, and you, maybe you just like a more bombastic approach to things and more more information where I think for this, the other thing, the reason, the other reason why I'd give this a 10, aside from, I mean, it's, he really, David Mazzuccelli, I don't, as once again, I don't know how long he was working on this, mm-hmm. but he really uses the format to his as a playground really. yeah which i love that the content and the form are married or inform yeah. each other because everything yeah. every every everything has a purpose in it um yeah. you look at 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 things such as like he has a different fonts forever as i mentioned earlier yeah. everybody's got a different font mm-hmm. everybody's got a different sense of um like 
not just fonts, but they have they have the the word bubbles are never are always different for different people, mm-hmm. and sometimes the word bubbles will change the way that they are appearing mm. based off of how that person is dealing with something too, which I think is very fascinating. Yeah. Um, but it is this thing of like, they are these personalities. I, I do love this sort of at the end where they're talking about to each other, um, about how their lives apart have sort of brought them wanting to breathe them together. Mm. And they show the word bubbles literally twisting together. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice one. And they're, and that's basically saying they're on the same wavelength mm-hmm. and it's this, this beautiful, I just, I, it, it's holy. There's so many different things and, and it really does like convey better than, I have seen in most other things. There are a few others. Uh, another one I would recommend to people is Monsters, or mm. is Mon- is it Monsters or Monster? Um, by um, Barry Windsor Smith, and that took thirty years for the guy to do. I did an episode of that, but Ooh, I wouldn't actually put wow. that in this trilogy. Oh, that's a long because it's a little bit different. But <laughs> that's definitely another one that I would put in this sort of style of of. Of, of literature in the format of comics. Because I would look mm. at this as more literature in the format of comics than, like, the standard comic would be. Okay, yeah. It's more literary. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, if <laughs> if if Marvel and DC are um, <laughs> Universal or Fox or Disney or something like that, these are, like, searchlight films, you know? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah or, like, we or, know the audience is yeah. going to be smaller in size. Or, or focus features or something yeah, like that, yeah. you know? Like, they're these independent, yeah. personal, uh, you know, stories that aren't bombastic, like like you wanted at the end for some reason. But Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I know, totally. Like, I, I like things to be left to the viewer to interpret on their own. Yeah. But, but I guess I do like some bombastic stuff. There's that one moment where I wrote a few pages where I wrote boom because I thought it was such a mic mm. drop moment. But one page yeah. says, "To live as I understand it is to exist within a conception of time." Yes. But to remember is to vacate the very notion of time. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. There's there's a lot of philosophy in here and a yeah. lot of poetry and it's yeah it's it's fantastic and once again like anything that you can read the first those are the things that I didn't even think about right anything that you can you look at and gives you a reason to go back and re-experience yeah. because of the depth mm-hmm. has a higher level on my opinion yeah the, uh is is like there's only a few books that i would really give a 10 to mm. and wow. this is definitely one of them oh that's so, this that's pretty cool yeah it's hard for me to find a series that 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 really i feel deserve that and this is definitely i would say this is in the best graphic novels of all time um mm. but anyway uh so i have some questions that oh, yeah. i want to get to at the end here yeah. um because they do take a little bit of time but that's right. fine so the la- uh, first question i have for you is first question is even though you didn't really read a lot of comics or yeah. anything like that i'm sure you've had exposure to them um what were some of the more notable earlier exposures to comic book zeitgeist that may have had an impact to some extent such a it could be a film Mm. could be a comic book it could be a tv show what have you yeah i think um 
the comic books I did have, I had a, uh, like a, not hardcover, but thick um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. Nice. That was, uh, it, it was, uh, if I could describe the art style, it was dark green, kind of gritty and liney. Like there was mm-hmm. some scratchy lines outlining their figure. And, and they were, they were cool, but I never got totally into them. But I think what sticks out to me as far as influences would be all the Mega Man games on original <laughs> Nintendo. Okay. I would, uh, and then Zelda and Link, I would draw very detailed maps of the game okay. and also maps that uh, mazes that I would just make up myself. And I would draw endless yeah. characters for Mega Man. I even submitted some to Nintendo. I so, made up these characters. So <laughs> that was a big, and I would draw the turtles all the time. Turtle. I would, yeah. I would put turtles more because I would say Mega Man. And even though there have been comic books of, mm-hmm. of those, those are more video game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas, and it's it's within a similar nerd zeitgeist, but for sure, sure, but sh- for sure, turtles would turtles. definitely be more on that. Yeah, on that and spectrum. Batman the animated series was such a superb. Oh yes. And here's I need this explained to me. Why did this one episode stick out so much? The episode where there's a uh, a really gross guy running a child labor camp outdoors, oh, okay. and a, a boy that Batman knows named Jordan is somehow in that camp and he just Mm -hmm. exploits all these kids for their labor. And I remember there's a moment where Batman sees Jordan and he's like, Jordan, the underdwellers, the under, you know, the title. I love that. You know, the title. (laughs) Why does that, why does him screaming Jordan and that episode stick out to me so much? I think there's so many elements like that show is really well drawn and animated, Mm -hmm. but also the music in that episode was incredible. Well, that the thing that's, What's crazy about that show is that was the first television series, at least animated television series, to have a full orchestra. Oh my god! So they actually awesome. would, yeah. So they would already have it animated and show off the animation, show off the episode, uh-huh. and then they would have the orchestra do based off of that. And what was so fat, wow. what was so great about it though, is they did it in such a subtle way where sometimes where there would be silences or there would be mm-hmm. these little small little notes yeah. but it wouldn't overwhelm it but when it did it was very impactful yeah oh yeah that was <laughs> i really that was such a great show it was incredible it's so good yeah it, I, it, it really it it changed it did it changed the animation um how animation could be portrayed in such a big way especially on television yeah and if i remember i don't think there was any shading on batman it was black and gray it was as flat well, as you can imagine however the way it was it still was felt 3d well what's crazy about that show is they actually the entire thing was drawn on black paper so they Whoa. actually did black paper and then they, they put the colors and everything else oh, that's on fun. top of it so it was done in such a because of the fact that Batman is such a dark character, yeah. And all this other oh, that, things. that's another example yeah. of the the content informs the form or the yes. technical aspect, which is so fun. Oh, that's cool. So, do you have? Um, this might be a little harder since you haven't read a lot of stuff, but do you have like a? It could be movies or mm-hmm. what, ha- or or comics or something you read or something. Uh, do you have a top five? favorite comic related things now once again not video games yeah not not video games okay um (laughs) well i liked the film the watchman because i felt like more than playing on people's prior knowledge of comic characters Mm -hmm. what the movie really was about is 
coming to terms with aging. Yeah. Which is relatable. It's a human relatable thing. So it didn't matter that you didn't know the background on the characters. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. Um, um, and could you word the question again? Favorite top, top five, five favorite comic book related things. I think um, the, so the Watchmen, the movie, I'd say the, that, poster style of films like big trouble in little china okay the animation on those posters which i think was from one person mainly okay that style of movie poster sticks out okay um this is such a great question which uh, probably i'm guessing you'd probably put uh batman the animated series on there oh yeah for sure yeah thank you yeah batman <laughs> yeah. the animated series and then the the turtles animated cartoon from the 90s okay i would put in there so we got four things okay and then five, um, uh, let's say, uh, uh, I'm a film guy. Yeah. Let's well, see if fine. this counts. Spielberg, it's been argued that every one of his movies always have a extremely contrasted shot. It's okay. all black with a source of light mm-hmm. or maybe vice versa. I don't know, maybe E.T.'s fingered. Every movie has such an incredible contrast of dark and light in at least one yeah. shot. So I would say that that is... I, w- I would say that's still more of a film thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so we got one more. I like that there's room for one more. Yeah. Um, comic book related yeah. thing. Um, oh, um, I-, I was a huge fan of The Simpsons and would draw Bart Simpson all the time. Okay. And I liked how unrealistic... All of the haircuts in the Simpson family are. They don't, to me, they yeah. don't resemble any actual haircut anyone's ever had except Homer. Okay. But yet they all, like, it was fun to draw. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh. Lisa has a starship, starfish head. Yeah. Bart is a torn piece of paper mm-hmm. or <laughs> craft scissors have cut a piece of, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would. I'll let, I'll let it on technicality just because it has had a comic book, but still. Okay, all right. Well, let me, I might, by the end of the episode, I'll, I might throw in a fifth thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. All that's right. fine. Well, technically, Yomi did three things because the poster was also <laughs> related to film and not comic books. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I think there have had a couple people who literally named off three and I was like, you know what? That's fine. Oh, yeah, okay. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last question mm-hmm is actually sort of a, a little bit of a segue to something else here. Um, what was your initial inspiration for getting into comedy? Oh, okay. Well, if you want to talk about cartoonish and caricatures, if yeah. that in this sphere, it was definitely Jim Carrey on In Living Color okay. made me want to do comedy. And, and my relationship with his work has changed over the years because at first it was like, He's he's just undeniably good and yeah. and cartoonish and but his emphasis on every single like Ace Ventura if you subtract the transphobic plot yeah. which is horrible the if you take that out every scene was amazing because he would the amount of emphasis he physically and gesturally and facial expression wise mm-hmm. put in every scene it made me think like, why doesn't every other actor go yeah. the distance like this? So uh, him in that series and then in Ace Ventura was great. And so it was the intense physical ability that he had. But then I realized, um, no, it's more about how he is 
a total goofball. I yeah. think that's what I'm relating to now. I'm like, I want to be a goofball on stage. Yeah. And also, um, the other thing that has developed with is, uh, you know how some people go on stage and they, they play into a character. Like I, I hate to reference without their permission, but Dan Weber has okay. a persona and a character on stage yes. and you know what you're getting into and it's incredible. Yes. But there's other people who are a vessel through which characters emerge and there might be 10 in a set. And I think yeah. that's what I like about Jim Carrey as well is he's a vessel and in a set, he will do a spot on impression of Michael Bolton. Yeah. He'll do a random uh, uh, native person from a Canadian region. Sorry, that's a very ignorant way to describe Nova Scotian, maybe. Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> or like Newfoundland. Yeah. And then <laughs> Newfoundland. He just possesses different distinct characters on yeah. stage in a set. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I was in a comedy class once and I my goal was to just see how many people I could get on stage with me. Yeah. And I, I was in a movie theater describing how I require more social distance than other people. <laughs> and and the, the, the instructor was like, Todd, wait, yeah. stop. There are way too many people on stage. There's like 20 people on stage. And I'm like, I know, isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love, um, I was thinking about Jim Carrey. I mm -hmm. think one of the things that's so great about him is he's so, he is like a living cartoon character. Yeah. Um, I love watching. I rewatched The Mask not that long ago. Nice one. And what's great about that is they show these old Tex Avery cartoons that are actually oh. I think Droopy Dog because even though they don't show Droopy in them, they show the wolf that constantly interacted with Droopy. That yeah. All. <laughs> and I think that you could almost argue that his a lot of his inspiration comes from that level of cartoon mm. uh, expressionism. Yes. And. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if he had if you're like Jim, what are your three influences? It would be the characters from Droopy Dog. Yeah. Definitely. Probably Bugs Bunny or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Exactly. All two D yeah. uh figures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That are that are so animated and and three D in their in their uh I yeah, expression, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think about a, a synonym, but it's, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Isn't that weird though that two yeah. D cartoons the characters live and react in a more 3D way than we do. Yeah. How is that possible? It's, I mean, it's just how it is. It's just like how it's, it's, I, I always, uh, this actually makes me think of like those reaction videos you see on YouTube, right? Oh yeah. So the, a normal person reacting to something, especially by themselves, more likely than not. And mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's exceptions, is just you're just staring at something and you might smile, yeah. you might smirk. It's always it's always micro uh expressions, right? Yeah. It's never like a huge thing. You're not seeing someone jaw drop or something like that. Yeah. More often than not. <laughs> Although I do know some people who have who are that way and yeah. very <laughs> reactive and everything else. Yeah. Um, but I think there is something where they turn up to eleven when they do those videos because they because mm. it's this idea of like people it's like mimery. I think that Jim Carrey, actually, a lot of his stuff is probably from that kind of the mimes and stuff like that, too. Yeah. But it's like this mimery where, like, you take the expressions from mimes and put it into, like, how you're acting as a person and yeah. you're making these noise. It's, it's, I think that it's also why so many people, and I, I'm, not, I'm not one of them, but <laughs> so many people love anime. 
because uh-huh. the characters you have no doubt in your mind how that character feels yes because they're so expressive yeah the they're eye so tremble over the eye tremble they have the anime they have they have them so loud and boisterous and bombastic i love those words i've been using them a lot this episode yeah but they're so bombastic. bombastic yeah they're so you know they're they, they they're not quiet they're not silent they're not minimalistic in their approach to anything everything's yeah. always like and even even the dark and brooding person always has that they, they, they'll zoom up to their face and like I can't let them down. I can't, da, da, da. you know, it's like all these things. And it's like, you, there's yes. no, there's no doubt in your mind what those people, those characters, not people. I wouldn't say that I wouldn't call them people because they act different, but yeah, <laughs> those characters are, uh, are interacting and they're, you know, these fictional people, I guess is the best way. Yes. Um, because, and it is such a cartoonish way. It's almost funny to think about. I never thought about this before, but you could almost say that like the anime, expression is more has more to uh take away from looney tunes than it does (laughs) like yeah like a live action film or something like that yeah um because in in the u.s with i mean pixar definitely has a little more expression and stuff like that but a lot of the u.s animation and characters are more grounded in reality yes which is funny because there's a lot of non-human yeah characters but they really are grounded you're right yeah uh, like uh one uh have you ever seen i really like this show it's called a regular show have you ever seen that it's called regular it's show it's literally I called have, a regular no, show I, it was on cartoon network it's mm-hmm. it's it's part of that sort of era of like adventure time and all these other shows oh yeah where there are these shows that are created for kids to watch but adults can watch them and enjoy them yeah just as much if not more yeah um regular show is such a fascinating because they have this they have they, they literally have characters that one of them's a, a sparrow another character is hmm. a raccoon there's a character that's literally a um, gumball machine that's a talking living gumball oh, machine. God, There's I a Yeti. That. Yeah. But they all act like regular people. And then all of a sudden they have these moments where like everything's turned up to 11 at the end where it's just over the top in every episode. Oh, wow. But at the beginning, you have all these weird, obscure things that are kind of grounded in reality once again. And huh. it is that differencing, differentiating in, in culture and in just how people have chosen to display character interactions and everything like that. And I think it's yeah. kind of fascinating. Yeah, there is such a range on how you can do it, yeah. Like even, uh, I'd say actually Adventure Time is that way too. All the our, A lot of the characters are very subtle in, in their interactions and how they act and everything else like that. Even though they might use like slang and yeah. things like that, there's still not a, re, it's, not, it's not over the top even though everything around them is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, I like That's a good juxtaposition. Yeah. You're nor, you're grounded in an out-of-control environment. Exactly. Or you're out of control in a grounded environment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's, it's uh, I like that. Um, okay, uh, so, yeah, we're getting close to the two-hour mark. I don't know exactly where it will be once I edit it, but okay. um, question uh for you do you have any plugs anything you'd like to plug uh specifically i recommend social media all right that way uh i mean if you have any shows to, in a couple like in a little while oh yeah you can, you can plug that for sure um 
but you know, I like to have this sort of future proof. So if someone wants to find you down the road, they yeah. can find you on like Instagram or wherever you're on. You know? Yeah, that sounds good because the social media platforms will be around till the meteor, so they're Hopefully. more long. Term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok as Todd Oregano, but it's pronounced yeah. Oregano. <laughs> and uh, nice. uh, what else? Um, uh, YouTube. Todd Todd Basil Basil is my YouTube channel, and okay. I just posted a video of me doing stand up as Benny Anderson from ABBA. <laughs> nice, so nice, nice. That's on there now. But yeah, those are my uh, social medias. Yeah, I'm not okay. a huge Twitter guy. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, um, cool. I I uh, don't think I have anything to announce. I, I for a long time I was plugging my social media, but I it's it's. This is episode fifty. I don't really feel the necessity to. Um, yeah. <laughs> or if if you're not going to plug anything, what yeah. do, do you have any question answers to those questions you asked me that you feel like you, you there's a tidbit you haven't gotten out yet? No. Wanna... no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can have those kind of discussions off this. All but right. I, I'm. Uh, it's it's funny. A very uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Bjorn. Ryan Gorman. Yeah. He's been on a couple times. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And he always likes, he, he always likes to ask me a lot of questions. Oh, <laughs> nice. Episodes. Yeah. He goes a little bit. He's, he was one of the first people who was like, you know, oh, I'm sure you've, you've, everybody hears the, our questions. What's your, what's your answer? Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 It was, it's, he's such a, <laughs> he's a character. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. Guy. And he's, it's like, I'm the guest, but also I kind of want to like, take over uh, I asked a bunch of questions of you yeah, yeah. <laughs> he likes to take over and I'm just like he's it's <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun yeah um, totally yeah those, really those episodes are all over the place though if, if you have Heck ADHD yeah. and you need a lot of stimulation listen to those episodes yeah um, nice <laughs> nice awesome all right well uh thanks for everybody for listening thanks again for coming on here todd thank you gene you're awesome yeah thank you you're awesome too i uh i appreciate you man um real deep real deep connection going on here real bro your real bromance happening right here yeah in in living in 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 regular time but you're listening to this later so yeah anyway uh yeah, just uh, I I always like to give a message at the end. This one, I would say, just you know, appreciate life. You know, mm. don't be afraid to look back a little bit. Don't don't live in the past, but you know, learn. So yeah. On that note, thanks for listening uh, and uh, goodbye. Obsessive con-